Chrissy Williams live in studio, and we are very pleased to welcome Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams to Atlanta's Morning News. Good morning, Ms. Abrams. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we appreciate you uh, being here, considering your campaign schedule has to be just uh, going full blast right now with five days to go. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, Sunday's scheduled debate on Channel 2 has been canceled, of course. This is our top story this morning. And uh, if you don't mind explaining what you know about that cancellation as far as Secretary Kemp is concerned and why a Monday night debate uh, was not going to work out. Certainly. So 11, seven weeks ago, we negotiated and secured a date with WSB, with uh, Ted Metz, and with Brian Kemp. We all agreed to it, and every campaign built out a schedule, knowing that Sunday at 5 p.m. was going to be the debate. Uh, this week, Brian Kemp decided that he was going to instead attend the rally, and it pulled out of the debate. He, we were, They reached out to us to ask us if we could do a different date, but we've built out a calendar. We know Election Day is Tuesday. We're going to be down in southeast Georgia. We're going to be going across the rest of the state. And it was not possible for us to cancel on those who are expecting to see us in order to accommodate Mr. Kemp. He broke his promise. And his willingness to renege on his agreement does not mean that we could do the same. We are going to hold our – keep our commitments. We will show up on uh, Sunday at 5 p.m. We're going to do a town hall meeting instead because we want voters to hear where we stand. Let me ask you about allegations of voter suppression, which have gained national attention, including a Halloween op-ed in the, in the New York Times. It is an issue that your opponent, Brian Kemp, repudiates. What is your reaction to the various court challenges that are currently underway to absentee ballots, mismatched signatures, and the like? My concern is that voter suppression works in two ways. One is by actually blocking people from voting. But the second is by making it so difficult and so fearful that people choose not to use that right. I had to sue Brian Kemp in 2016 because he illegally canceled 34,000 registrations. A federal judge told him to stop it, forced him to restore those registrations, and said that the exact match system he was using was unlawful. He, instead of doing the right thing and, dis- and throwing out the system that disproportionately hurt women and people of color, he doubled down and got the state legislature to pass a law saying he could do it again. And we had the results. On top of that, in Gwinnett, the signature match system, a federal judge has twice now said do not use the system to throw out votes. And Mr. Kemp's response was to sue to block the injunction. The challenge I have is that as a guardian of the public trust, instead of letting this be a fair playing field, he instead is tilting it in his favor. You shouldn't get to be both the umpire and the player in a a race. And while I think that every Georgian needs to cast their ballot if they are eligible to do so, I'm deeply disturbed that people have to be concerned about whether their votes will count. Now, he insists that he is upholding the law, and we do know that it is one of the strictest in the nation. What is your response to that? It's strict because he was told not to do it, and he asked the state legislature to let him do it anyway. Sometimes there are mistakes made because you don't know better. Brian Kemp knew better. He knew that 34,000 people were unlawfully denied the right to vote under his watch because of the system. His response was to say, let me do it anyway. We know that voter suppression happens, and there is no proof of widespread voter fraud, but there is proof of confusion and dissonance in our system. And unfortunately, Brian Kemp has been the architect of a system of voter suppression that has put people at risk of not being able to cast their votes. Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams joining Atlanta's Morning News this morning. Uh, let's get to some of the red meat issues now in this governor's race. A big way you and Secretary Kemp differs with health care. You are a proponent of expanding Medicaid. 
What's your plan for, for paying for this, and how much would you push for expanded rural access to health care? Certainly. Medicaid expansion is actually one of the healthiest ways to solve our health care problem, because with an investment of roughly $136 million to start, it will scale up to roughly $250, $300 million. We will draw down $3 billion. To put that into context, we put in a dollar, we draw down $9. In Kentucky, when they expanded Medicaid, they cut their uncompensated rate in half. That's the amount that states pay for people who don't have health insurance. Georgia spends $1.75 billion on that. So that's every single taxpayer in Georgia paying for people who can't go to the hospital. Instead, if we drew down our allocation of Medicaid expansion, we could cut that rate in half. It will save rural hospitals. We have 21 rural hospitals, half of which are on the critical watch list. They could be saved. We could create clinics to provide access to health care, which is the best way to bring jobs to those communities. Under my plan, 56,000 jobs will be created. 500,000 Georgians will have health care, including 32,000 of our military families, veterans and their spouses who are currently being denied health care because Georgia has refused to expand Medicaid. The money is in our budget. We have that. Right now we're deferring $100 million a year for a tax credit program. That money could very easily be reallocated for the purpose of Medicaid expansion, and it would cover more people. It would cover the entire state, and it would help working families who need access to health care get the health care they need immediately. Marcy Williams, Judd Higginbotham, and Stacey Abrams, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, live on Atlanta's Morning News. Let's ask about education. And uh, you have advocated a comprehensive investment in public education, including regular teacher raises. Beyond tax credits, clawing back tax credits for private schools, where do you think the funding is going to come from? We actually have seen rapid growth in our tax revenues in the state of Georgia. And I think that the issue is not one of raising taxes. Let's be very clear. I do not intend to raise taxes. I do intend to raise expectations and to raise our standards. And we've seen that happen. We saw that the state of Georgia fully funded K-12 education for the first time in 16 years this year. We can continue to do so. My point is that we have to revisit the funding formula to make sure that every community is paying its fair share and that we're allocating the funds properly. Part of the challenge is that we know there's a direct correlation between poverty and academic outcomes. We pay more as a state when we do not do our jobs in K-12. through And I'd rather we invest in our children as opposed to having to invest in public welfare benefit programs later on. And so for me, it's both an early investment that yields long-term investment, but it's also the right thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. Children should not be denied access to education or have a substandard education because of family income or zip code. And we know in Georgia right now that those are two direct correlations between whether you get the right education or not. Georgia's farming industry has kind of become a focal point here in part because of the damage from Hurricane Michael. Now, you've said your quote about careers in agriculture was taken out of context. For the record, can you just clarify what you meant by that? And and why should people in Georgia's farming community and industry uh, vote for you? If you watch, if you look at my record, I've worked very closely with Chairman Tom McCall and with the state legislature to defend and improve access to agriculture and agricultural jobs. What I said is that agriculture is our number one industry. Um, tourism is our number two industry. Georgia has to continue to diversify its economy. We want as many opportunities in our state as possible. And I will stand always with our farming community. In fact, I fought against HB 87, which cost them hundreds of millions of dollars in 2012 because it eliminated access to some of the labor needed to get 
crops from the field into the hands of consumers. And I have been four square behind our tourism industry, which is why I oppose Brian Kemp and his attempt to legislate and legalize discrimination in the state of Georgia, because we know that in North Carolina and Indiana, it costs them hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm the only candidate with a plan to invest in agritech, to continue to invest in our farmers, but also to make certain our farmers have access to solar energy so they can reduce their energy costs and help make certain that everyone in the state, regardless of where they live, can make a full and substantial living without having to have more than one job. Now, all the national play that this race is getting, um, including the demands on your time, the, the reason, one of the reasons that this debate Sunday is now off is because of President Trump's schedule. Overall, do you find it a help or a hindrance that national political figures are injecting into a Georgia race? I think that Georgia is a nationally recognized state because we do have the busiest airport in the world. We have one of the fastest growing ports in the world. We're the number one place for the film industry outside of L.A. in the United States. We are a booming cybersecurity state. Those are all fantastic things, and it is going to draw national attention. Because one of the ways we grow our economy, one of the ways we make our state stronger, is by bringing investment to the state of Georgia and continuing to be competitive. I want Georgia to be the number one state in the country on every single metric. And I welcome any attention that helps us grow jobs and opportunities in the state of Georgia. Well, it's been a great way for the voters to kind of try to decide, make that final decision before Tuesday. Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. We had Brian Kemp on last week with Scott Slade. Just want to tell the listeners, you can hear both of these interviews on WSBradio.com. Ms. Abrams, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck on the campaign trail the rest of the way. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you.